too. Podcast brought to you by Travis Brent and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, one insurance agent for all of your needs. Stop knocking on wood. Go with an insurance man you can trust. That's Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. The B3 Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio. Showtime! Well, it is certainly an interesting crowd here tonight. Setting up for the B3 podcast. We have the Todd Father. We have John Patrick Mullen. Hello. And we have me, Mike DeCourcy, but noticeably absent tonight is the founder and conquering hero of Impulse Radio and the B3 podcast, Brino is out doing bigger and better things tonight, and I got a picture of his hotel room on the Strip in Las Vegas. Like Hunter S. Thompson. Like Hunter S. Thompson. By the way, Todd, let's talk Hunter S. Thompson for a second. And I guess John, too. Being from, the, from Louisville, from Louisville, Kentucky. Being that you are both, um, well, I wouldn't say necessarily running in the same circles, but John Patrick, an English teacher. The Hunter, Thompson, Hunter S. Thompson diet. Oh, probably be wild turkey. That has that has made its way around the internet. I don't I don't okay. know what it is. All my, right, my well, hang on. Is, you, you you talk, and I'm I'm going to find. My it. assumption is it would have to do with uh, uh, grape grapefruit, wild turkey. Um, do we go into the illegal substances? Or that well, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, if you read uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the, yep. the back jacket of it kind of give, but um, but yeah, but I would guarantee that there's wild turkey and fresh grapefruit on there. Okay, you ready? Yep. This is this is what it was written down as, and I want to know if this is possible. Is this real or is this just sensationalized? So, basically, it's this was pub, an article, a detailed account. Uh, his biographer published this in two, in twenty sixteen, and said basically he slept each day until three o'clock in the afternoon. He was on a completely different, you know, bio rhythm than everybody else. He would wake up, he would immediately immediately have a drink with his morning papers and he would wait all of 45 minutes to hit his first line of coke okay and at 405 he's been up an hour and and five minutes now we're going to have coffee we're going to put a little irish cream type stuff in it we're going to have another bump of cocaine at 415 we're going to start mixing drinks cocaine 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 coffee again at 511 more um more more um, uh, bourbon at 5.30, cocaine at 5.45. And after we've done that for three hours, we're going to smoke weed to take the edge off. Got to take the edge off. And then they would go to what, what's called Woody Creek Tavern for lunch. This is lunch In at Woody 7.05. Woody Creek, Colorado. Okay. So we're talking Heineken's, margaritas, coleslaw, taco salad, fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, um, you know, Heineken's cocaine, I mean, for the ride home, a snow cone because he loved shredded ice, okay. but he, but he made them adult snow cones. And this goes on and on where he would, you know, it basically says he wouldn't start doing cocaine seriously until nine o'clock. He would drop acid at 10. He's doing cocaine at 11. And I mean, this goes on to the point where he takes a sleeping pill at eight o'clock in the morning and sleeps till three. So takes the edge off. Okay. So. I'm reading this this daily thing, and I understand you can have a period of time where this may you know, happen. He, obviously, could, it's could, low could, carb. It's low carb. Could could this happen every day? I, I, you know what, I would imagine that that it varies. I would imagine that it varies. I mean, and I don't think I I don't think he had that much cocaine. You know, I think the cocaine is what really That's really would have set him. Lynn Bias does it once. Does it one time? Yeah. You know, the truth is, when I was in college. He used to have a, a listed number in Woody Creek, Colorado, and we called him one night. Uh, you know, didn't last too long, conversation, you know, but we called him uh, from my fraternity house in West Lafayette, and, and just three days ago, I ordered the book Hell's Angels for my son, my son Max. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you're going to be surprised. I said, it's not like the other crazy shit. I said, this is a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty good book about him being embedded with the Hells Angels in 1965 yeah. or 66. 
when um, when we get off the air tonight, because I'm I'm going to guess that there are people in this person's family who wouldn't want this released. But this diet was brought to my attention from a member of the Bar Eve class of 2022 I'm, who yeah. basically said, do you know Hunter S. Thompson? I'm like, of course I do. do we know but do you know about his diet? And I said, no. And this person you would not expect, it's, and it's not Hagen Nepp. Um, <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson, you know, of course, there's fear and loathing with Johnny Depp. Right. And Keith Richards, who I'm sporting today on the on the uh, T-shirt. Yeah. Um, we're, we're good friends of, of his, but... When Bill Murray did the movie back about what about 1981, 82, where the Buffalo Roams, which was kind of they threw about three books together. Yeah, um, he had Hunter S. come live with him for two months, uh, and he just he said that it almost killed him. I mean, it almost killed Bill Murray, uh, who was you know getting into the character, right? With him, but yeah, it's he's a, you know what he's from Louisville, Louisville Male High School. I don't know if you're yeah. a big big fan of that from the. Uh, Cherokee Park area of Louisville. Okay. He was a sports writer. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, in the Air Force. And if you get a chance to see The Rum Diaries, another Johnny Depp movie, it's about him. He wrote it, but he he's not called, you know, Dr. Thompson mm-hmm. in any of that. It's a great movie. It really is. It, uh, it's well worth it. I liked it a lot. John Mullen, do we get into any Hunter S. Thompson for kids for Elnora in John Mullen's English class? I'm just, I'm just going to quote Hunter S. Thompson here. He says, or he is said to have remarked often, quote, I hate to advocate drugs, alcohol, violence, or insanity but to anyone, but they've always worked for, for me. me. <laughs> yep. That's Hunter S. Thompson. When the going yeah. gets weird, the weird get going. Oh, well, I didn't anticipate spending the first nearly 10 minutes tonight. Okay. But you know what? Sometimes somebody's going to be better off for it. Sometimes you just got to throw the, the boat in the water and you see know, where it goes. Sometimes we're all just waiting for the mothership. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe this helps get you on board. So it's the B3 podcast. I'm Mike DeCourcy. We've got the Todd father, Todd Lancaster, the sports editor of the Washington Times Herald. We've got John Patrick Mullen, all things Cougar Nation. And we got a late cancellation tonight from Coach Mike Wagner as a grandfathering called. But he said if we got one going on Sunday night for sectional stuff uh, going into next week, he is certainly available. So uh, Wag has been here a lot. So maybe not much on – well, I, we're going to talk about Ligoti here tonight. But certainly it's the state of Indiana. And, and, and Coach Thompson was talking about this on the, uh, on the coaches show here tonight before we started, Johnny. Is Indiana the only state – in America that has drawing shows for their state tournaments? A good question, but would you would you just assume yes? No, I don't assume yes. You don't? I assume that Minnesota hockey is every okay. bit as big as Indiana basketball. True. And their passion for Minnesota hockey is, is you know, all of that and more. So but I'm, I'm saying – I'm, I'm okay. Now, it's not a lot. Okay. Coach's perspective and point was in Indiana – You've got football, basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball. Like, we do it in, in everything. I mean, I wouldn't say everything, but a lot of stuff. I IHSA takes a huge amount of well-deserved heat. Well-deserved. Well-deserved heat for many, many, many decisions. But they're kind of like democracy. You know what I mean? It may not work at all except for it's the best system out there. Yeah. Uh, and – they're probably the best high school athletic association. They've tried to keep it the cleanest. Um, there's a lot of places you can go, and and I mean it's it's just an, uh, a free for all. A free shit for show. all. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say. So, you know, I like I said, I, I think that they have enough control in this state over high school athletics where it's not just in name only. And hey, we all got to make a little money. Yeah, you know, certainly will. Spread the cheese around. Spread the cheese. Well, we can talk sectional talk, but. I, I, I was thinking about it today, and, and, and if you want to talk about it when I bring a team up, just, you. Well, I'll give you the sectional in a nutshell. John, you you, uh, you can tell me if you agree. The uh, sectional 63 should be a four-team sectional. Okay, It should be Lagodi, uh, Barif. Hold the phone here. Shoals and I'm, Orleans. I'm calling a 30. Are you advocating that the tournament. Qualifying? Yes. There you go. Okay. Whoa! That's a four. That should be a four-team section because nobody else has a chance to win. Those four teams and and you know, like I said, Bari plays Orleans, Shoals plays Lagodi, or however you want to you know, however you want to seed it. 
That's it. It took 10 minutes for the first real hot take. John Mullen, what's your thoughts on that? That's a hot take for sure. And, and so you bring up seating, and I think that's legitimate, um, especially if the IHSA uh, is trying to make money, which it seems like at this point with the changes they've made and the price uh, increases of the tickets. and 20 bucks, uh, anyone? That it does seem like they're trying to make more money. So, you know, if seating's next or at least gives an opportunity to do that and keep the, uh, the best game – on the final night of the tournament, um, how, sh- how in the world do you seed it? Um, okay, does it come I, I, down? I'll, I'll do it. Does it come down to a four overtime game and on a Thursday in February you know, you between know Lagodi and Orleans? Yeah, whoever wins that four overtime game is suddenly the one seed. Yeah. Well, but but I mean, I think I think it can be. Listen, you're always going to have just like with with the NCAA tournament. You know, is the 12 best team in the Big Ten still better than the second best team? Excuse me, in the Patriot League. Yes. You know, there, there's going to be some problems in there but right now you're saying the 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 benefits will greatly out outweigh the yes because the the drawbacks because there's other teams in that sectional 63 one team was beaten by 100 and then beaten by 95 not beaten by but but i mean you know you what would have happened had they had they got the buy you know and and orleans or what would happen or Orleans, Bar-Reeve, and Lagodi ended up on the same side of the bracket. You know, yeah. you can't do that. Which has happened before. You know, you can't do that. Well, so if the worst te- so if it's a seeded situation and the worst team each year is going to play the best team each year to, to, or the best team gets a bye and the worst team has – Or the two worst teams play each other oh. for a play-in game. Okay. You know. Okay. I mean, it can be done. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't uh, – Sagarin ratings – I was looking over Sagarin ratings today. I don't know if you believe in Sagarin ratings. I, I, I think he does a great job in, like I said, taking the temperature of area teams, which we're going to do here in a second. Jeff Sagarin takes the year-long temperature, and yep. he is right way more than and he's I'll wrong. I'll tell you what, John Harrell's and, right well, it, well, John Harrell's using Jeff Sagarin's but formula. The, North Davies is Sagarin ratings a little higher than uh, Heritage Hills. You know, I mean, it, it is. Uh, <clears throat> I would almost think the difference in point each – Sagarin rating point would probably be worth a point on the floor. You know what I mean? If if North Davies at 79 and Heritage Hills at 75, I think that's probably a two-point difference. Maybe, you know, it could be a little more based on. But um, I think you could use those Sagarin ratings and come up pretty close. Washington's not bad. Uh, Pike Central's not bad. Princeton's not bad. Um, you know, all of those teams but should – should North Davies have have to play Heritage Hills in game one? Now, that's not the case, but, you know. Well, and the Cougars may be playing the second-best team in game one. Yeah, I think Coach Dalrymple would. Pike Central, a good team. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't disagree in any way, shape, or form. And Heritage Hills has, has got to and, play and, a and, good and, team and, in Southridge. Well, and they've, got a, and they've got a generational player over, over there. Well, I mean, I mean, you've got Southridge. Who's, they've got to play them, and then they'll have to play a Washington team when Washington can get hot. You know, I don't think anybody thinks that the Washington team that played Jasper is the same team that, uh, you know, will be playing. Well, in uh, let's do it real quick. Let's take the temperature of everybody. Todd Lancaster, give us your 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 thirty thousand foot view of, of of where the hatchets are because man, it seems they have been up and down. What, what what's their temperature the, heading into the tournament? I, I think they're one of those teams that. If they get hot, they could they could win a game, uh, but they probably aren't going to beat Heritage Hills and North Davies. Just too, that's too much. That's, that's too, too much tall in order. That's too tall in order. Now, um, but like I said, I think like I said, they've got a they've got a great, sh- a prolific shooter in uh, in uh, Bryson Knighty. You know what I mean? And and he could hit eight or nine or ten three pointers mm-hmm. in, in a game. Yeah, I'm going to bounce this back and forth. What what else on the hatchets? I mean, I think, like I said, they, they've not had a great deal of success. I think they'll know more after the Memorial game. Okay. And Memorial's another funny team because I, I don't think they're as good as maybe they're – they are they ranked they, on in 3A? Who's that? The Memorial. They're not. They're not ranked now, but they have been throughout the year. They've been in the they, teams. They seem to be the team that they're either going to lose in a, in a game and in, and in a fashion that you completely don't expect – or they're going to have that big win where they beat somebody, somebody eighty you. to sixty-five, and you're going to and, say and it, where they just outscore somebody. And I think that if, like I said, if Washington, uh, if Washington comes out on top of Memorial on Friday, 
I, I think you got to consider them pretty dangerous. Right. And then nobody was going to sleep on Pike Central, and and Princeton can can scare you too. Johnny, uh, get to, what's what's the temperature of the Cougars? Because I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been flu season almost because it's been good, then normal, then bad, then good. I mean, the the temperature's gone up and down, but it seems like seems like the Cougs are 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 uh, pushing the right buttons heading into the tournament. And, my, and my words are. are from John Mullen, this this is not you know, Jalen's dad or a parent of a player. I'm, I'm just going to tell you how I feel. I'm good because I'm going to ask you about Lagoda here uh, in a second. You know, I'm just going to say what I think and what I what I think really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It really doesn't. I'm just a fan. I'm just a, I'm just a guy that uh, pays attention to high school basketball and uh, loves high school basketball. But right now, North Davies is is back to uh, having fun on the floor, sharing the basketball. Uh, they look the part of what they look like on opening night against Ligoti, and that's a good thing for, for North Davies and their fans. And, and Todd Lancaster, I, I, I remember one of the first things you told me after uh, after uh, Barry Volleyball won their first state championship, you, 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 you like the Ides of March, you predicted it, and you, you said, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And, and But they've had I, some, some I, arrows I, shot at them this year. Exactly, and, and, and Johnny, that's what I was, I was going to ask. It's... You know, obviously, you've had a few, some peaks and a few valleys. But sometimes your valleys are, are I think it's, it, there's a correlation to how talented the opponent is you're playing and how up they are to play. How many you. points did you lose to Linton by? Yeah, we got beat at the buzzer. Okay. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, the sky is not falling, was, you know, at that point. I, here's, here's what I told Brent today, and I thought about it a few days ago. Coach Dalrymple. Myself, I guess, as a dad, assistant AD, whatever, big fan. We now feel what Bar Reeve has felt for the past 15 years, and that is the great weight of expectations. Oh my! That we're going to win, and you better win, and it's you're fe- you're. He said it. He's going to feel like a failure if we don't. And I said, Brent, you're not a failure. You're a state champion. Forget that. You're not a failure. I understand the expectations are as high or higher than they've ever been, but Barry's been doing this for 15 years. What um, are they back to fourth now? I think in the polls. Who's that? North Davies. No, ninth in the polls. Ninth but, in the polls, but okay. fourth in the quote-unquote Sagarin. In the Sagarin. Okay, that's what I was looking at was Sagarin, and uh, I, I, I'm just saying, I can't imagine how last two games how it's I, been I the saw. past 15 years down here. Well, it, not to because I kind of want to be the point guard on this because I like to hear what everybody else thinks. But, you know, you get used to those big games, but I'm also of the expectation that the Vikings 12-10 and 10 right now, and I'll, I'll ask Todd his thoughts on that. I, I think if we had any other name across our chest, you know, we, we may be at 14 or 15 right now because it's still a big deal for people to take a shot at Barry when you can get a clean shot. And, you know. and that's what North Davies has felt all year long, probably for the first time ever in yeah. the history of the program. There's now, no doubt about what, it. What, what, what it's like, and, and I, I don't know if Jalen's talked about it because he's played a lot of big-time basketball, but there's a lot of kids at North Davies, John, and you can talk about it. You know, they do a little open gym, and you know, you're, but other than that, they kind of put the ball up for a while in the year. So this is the first time they've really felt that. Yeah, and again, I just I want people to understand that winning, um, winning just made it tougher because the expectations are through the roof. But you know, it's okay because we have the ability to do it again. And I just said it. Um, wow, that's you a just said it. We've had hot takes all over the place the first twenty minutes. We have the ability to do it again. I will say this. In the uh, the Northwood team, Barry played with them, but I think that Northwood team is even better right now, just based on I have not seen them, but based on I talked to some people. This is so weird, and you guys know that I've been obsessed with a lot of things in, in recent years. But you know, shocker, I ended up at Purdue and then in Delphi, Indiana, last Sunday. Say, serial killers being one. And of them. Uh, I talked to some people on the trails out there from Central Noble. And I, I just, yep. and I, we're going to get to this later on, but I, I told him thank you for what they did for Hagen and, you know, sorry that you 20-pieced us at Southport last year. And, and uh, you know, we talked about, you know, what the boys' seasons were like because their girls were in the semi-state at Logansport. 
And they said, you know, we, we, we're 12 and 9 or whatever, but it's just not the same and blah, blah, blah. And we think, are you guys, you know, going through the same thing? And, and uh, even, even then they mentioned, well, you know, word up here is, is you know, Northwood's the best, you know, non-Indianapolis team north of so, – so even their I, – I, you know, that, that word is out up in the northern part of the state. Well, there's that they, a lot of people who believe Penn is the best team in 4A, not, not Ben Davis and, you know, I mean, so, listen, we don't see them. It's a different style of basketball. You're probably as, as prepared as you could be to make a run in 3A. That's the only reason why I said what I said, because the schedule, in my opinion, has done that. Yeah. I mean, we will not see anything we haven't already seen. or, or you know. And I'm not saying, not saying we're going to win. I'm saying we have the ability to do it again. Uh, I and, think, and, I would think and, John, we talked about that, that this summer where, you know, it's what the Vikings did two years ago. And everybody says, well, you about got beat by North Davies. On, well, and it, yeah, we did. But but that doesn't make your scheduling, you know, processes wrong. I mean, you guys are doing it for the right reasons. I, I don't think you're ever going to regret that. problem with rankings and ratings and everything else is this. North Davies may well be the best team in the South. You know what I mean? It, the question is, how good are the teams in the North? I mean, I, I have not seen – I have seen Scottsburg. I guess I'm, I lied about that. I have seen them play um, Gibson Southern. But, you know, but like I said, you just don't know because no. it's not an even situation. It's not a balanced situation. We all know anything can happen. And, all right. and, you know, our record, our schedule, all that goes out the window next Wednesday. I'm it gonna, does. I'm going to back it up here as I, as I kind of pivot here. Uh, we'll just do stock up, stock, stock down, or no change. So, Todd, Washington Hatchets heading into the tournament, stock up, stop da- stock down, or? Stock up, stock down. Until or, 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 or are they or are they are they in neutral right now? I think that they're kind of in neutral, and, and um, you know you can, like I said, I, they have the ability. There's so many good teams in that section, good teams, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's some great teams. Um, they, can they can they uh, move themselves from a, a being a good team to a good team that can beat great teams? Yep. So, Todd Lancaster feels the hatchets are in neutral. Uh, Johnny. Stock up, stock down, stuck in neutral for the Cougs? Seems to be stock up. Well, it's Wednesday night, and I would say our stock's up, but we've got to go to Sullivan Friday, and, you know, things can happen. Uh, there may be a rock fight that breaks out. I mean, 17-6 and six Sullivan team on their senior night, you're talking about a rock fight? I mean, I think we're going to find that the sectional next week's, you know, coach, coach called it a fist fight, but I think rock fight is what the term you and I use. And yeah. I mean, every game from here on out. For yeah, sure. I, I think Orleans and uh, Ligoti is an absolute push. And their Sagarin ratings were almost dead even. I, I, I think Ligoti was a touch higher. Of, well, maybe, and they, if that translates from Sagarin points to points, they might be a one-point favorite playing at home. And well, the fact is Bledsoe's played better. Um, Bar-Eve, uh, give, give us your t- – take the temperature right now. We'll do stock up, stock down I here mean, in a minute. Give, give, us, give us your temperature. I, 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 I broadcast it, but you're there a lot. I think I've seen them play better – Recently, I think the, uh, Kendall Wagler, I think um, uh, Donnie Miller played better. You know what I mean? All those guys. Um, uh, Braden, Braden Nepp. Um, you know, they looked pretty good the last, last game I saw them. I think that they have to, though, in order for them to get out of that final four, which I've said is Shoals, Bar-Reeve, Ligoti, and Orleans, yeah. uh, they're, they're going to have to play well. I mean, they're going to have to play their best two games of the season. So, uh, so I would say stock up, but uh, you know you probably don't want to put the life savings. In that. Okay, uh, challenges for the Vikings that you see headed into the tournament, other than you know youth and uh, There's two teams that are more talented. Right. I mean that's kind of, but they played pretty well against Lagodi and they played pretty well against or I mean those were both close games. Um, you know they weren't blowouts, mm-hmm. so I think that there's some hope there too. Okay, Johnny, we'll let you hit the last one. Not that you've watched them a ton, but I know, like you do, we've got friends and acquaintances. Give us your uh, your impressions of the Lions from Lagodi. By the way, it's really weird not to be in 63. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, there's some things about 31 that's really intriguing, and it brings me back to one-class basketball and playing my own sectionals in the Hatchet House and regional. But um, as far as Lagodi goes, I mean. Certainly seems stock up. They, uh, they are playing well right now, and they're on their home floor. I think they got a good draw. Um, you know, they get their feet wet against a team they're superior to, and um, 
they're still going to have to beat two good teams in, or even Orleans to win it. So I'm, I'm going ahead and proclaiming that Ligoti's going to have to beat Bar even if they do, then Orleans coming out of the bottom. So, yeah, uh, you know, four overtimes two weeks ago. See, it seemed like each team had that game won at least once. Well, I just don't think that there's enough difference between those that anybody should make any wild and outlandish statements. And I'll, and I'll say that in, I think Southridge, believe it or not, could get uh, could get Heritage Hills. They lost in overtime in the regular season. I mean, so you know what I mean. Not, so not out of the realm of uh, probability. And Bar-Eve has you'd a, hate that, wouldn't you? Southridge had beat no, Heritage Hills saying, early on. Back to sectional sixty three. Bar-Eve has played well at Jack Butcher Arena for a long, long, long time. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those deals where I don't know it. Maybe the eyeballs look at the rim differently or something. but I would say Southridge would have the toughest road to hoe because um, they would have to beat Heritage Hills, then beat, a, like I said, a Washington team that could be you know, could be very good. And Washington they, got a great draw, by the way, beat, at home yep. and got a bye. So That's a pretty good draw. Can't draw it up better than that. So, there so you're, you're, you're going stock up on the, on the Lions. The Lions stock up, yep. Okay. All right, what do you think, Linton? When's that thing going away? Or you think Brown, uh, not Brownstown, but um, oh God, South Knox? South Knox? No shot. Well, no shot. Oh, I, whoa. No, hang on. My, my, my South Knox friends would, I just don't see a way. Um, after, especially after watching Linton last night, it was, it was a, uh, it was a nice performance. What do you, Johnny, I'm no, no shot or slim, <laughs> slim and none. No, I, I don't think it's a hundred percent that Linton's going to win this sectional, but I think they've got to be at least 90%. I think nine times out of ten they're going to win that sectional. I don't think they have an easy first game against Paoli because, honestly, Paoli will chuck it, and it might go in. And that 1-3-1 one, one that they apply. Sometimes you may turn it over. Yeah. I, I, it's a tough first game for Linton. Uh, their focus has been South Knox all season. Coach Hart, I'm sure, has seen every tape on huddle of, of Paoli. But, man. Um, I think Linton just has more talent. Paoli beat Scottsburg Friday night. so. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. They did because Scottsburg was, and I with with Bar-Eve, I was gonna say I thought Scottsburg was the only team in the South that. And by the way, I think Sullivan, Sullivan and South Knox is going to be a war next Tuesday. Also, I mean, there's no guarantee. Yeah, that the Spartans make it past uh, that, that opening they, night. That they get past opening night. Two um, A sectional forty sevens grind thirty one is is brutal and sixty three is you know very good again. And yeah. is Bloomfield We're, the uh, the favorite coming uh, out of the South yeah. in Class A? Well, I don't know about the South. Well, uh, I put you on the spot. Well, You've been putting no. us on the spot. Yeah, that's true. They, they, the will spot. Be, they will be in the semi-state. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Yeah, they got I don't see any way they're not. So, closing thoughts on temperatures of where we're at right now. No, I think, like I said, 31, too close to call. Um, uh, I'm sorry. 63. 63 too close to call. 31. North Davies got a slight edge. Trending Cougars. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, like I said, only because Heritage Shields also has to beat a good Southridge team, then beat Washington, and then find themselves. Princeton beat Heritage Hills last night by six at Princeton. You know, I mean, I, I it's, it's, it's rock fights and, and, lined and, up. And a team like Princeton, Johnny, just, just real quick closing this segment out, I it seemed to me, just, just watching them once, you keep thinking, this is a team that's a, a year away, next year. And then they do things for about eight minutes, and you're like, man, something dumb can happen. With, it wouldn't be dumb, but it's like crazier things have happened. And they're playing differently than when you've seen them in early January. Right. Yeah, they're playing completely differently. Oh, the team that had the Doves and some of those. That was a really, really good basketball team, and I don't think they – how far did they get? They won a sectional, okay. but, but they got beat by Silver Creek. That was Coach Ryan Haywood, but Silver right. Creek, who won a state championship, got them in the regional. So it's not like they they got Barry volleyballed. That's what I like to say. Okay. Yeah, we're talking volleyball in winter. And now it's time for Wyatt's Restaurant Review. Okay, we're going to start our new segment this week, and this is Dining with Wyatt, where we get restaurant reviews from Wyatt Stone. So, Wyatt, who are we going to review today? The Login in Evansville. It's one of my favorite restaurants in Indiana. It's really good. Um, if you've been there, you know they do family-style food. So, like chicken, ham, 
um, chick livers, gizzards, um, delicious sides as well. So Okay, and when was the last time you were at the log-in? A couple weeks ago, actually. I went down with some of my family friends, and it was really good. Okay, and what did you have, all that stuff you just mentioned? I had the ham. I'm a ham guy. Okay, and what kind of sides did you have with that, Wyatt? Oh, my, you can get coleslaw. You can get smashed potatoes, German potatoes. You can have rolls. You can have whatever you want, basically. Okay, sounds good. And um, how was the service? It was really good, actually. Um, it took a little while for our food, but is that does that they do they lose points for that? No, nope, okay. nope. It's a good it's a good restaurant. Nope. As long as the food's good, I'm good with it. Okay. And um, what'd you have to drink with your meal? Dye Mountain Dew. Okay. So here's the thing: we're gonna have a, a range. One chicken leg is the best. And four chicken legs, or I'm sorry, one chicken leg is the worst, and four chicken legs is the best. So how do you rate the log-in in Evansville, Indiana? Four chicken legs, no doubt. Okay, there you heard it on the first restaurant review by Wyatt. Live from the Buggy Bowl, the log-in in Evansville, Indiana, four chicken legs. Well, this segment of the B3 podcast brought to you by Travis Brett, Indiana State Farm. As we've talked about on here, Travis Brett is a man of many interests and talents. John Mullen, what is your favorite Travis Brett talent? Well, you know, yesterday I needed him to replace my alternator, so he took care of that. I mean, he's okay. he's, uh, he's a man of many talents. Todd, Travis Brett. Todd, in Todd your favorite Travis Brett talent? Former Indy 500 winner. Former Indy 500 winner. I think it was very brave of Travis to go to Formula One and then admit that maybe this life isn't cut out for me and give it there a go. You go on the uh, short car circuit in Indiana. So, Travis Brett, Indiana State Farm, JFK Avenue, one insurance agent for all your insurance needs. He's got our home. He's got our auto. He's got our life. He has everything in the palm of his hand, as he does yours, John Patrick. He's got the whole world in his hand. Played for the Pacers, as Brian likes to say. Founded Netflix. One in Indy 500. One in Indy 500. And uh, is basically the most interesting man in the world. So, Indiana start, uh, State Farm. Oh, no, Indiana Farm Bureau. State Farm was Whoa. no. Yeah, Farm Bureau. Edit button. Yeah, edit button. And Travis Brett, JFK Avenue, one insurance agent for all your needs. Well, I got an interesting text message the other day. And usually, I think, in, and we can all talk about this, in 2023 America, when people challenge your viewpoint, I think, Instead of stopping and thinking for a second, you, you, you dig in and you, and you get hostile. And, and I, I did that for a second the other day, and then I started thinking about it. And this is kind of going to piggyback out of, and this was a conversation on the last podcast. But the, the, the subject of the message that I got just simply read, is there really a ref crisis in the state of Indiana? Well, that's a stupid, stupid headline. Every referee in the state of Indiana is 843 years old and has been doing this forever. <laughs> he's, he's right over there. Yeah. I mean, I ask everywhere I go, who is going to do these games? George Jones, who's going to fill these shoes? Yes. I'm 300 pounds. I'm almost 50. What now, am I doing out here? I love it, but where are the kids? Where are the young adults? You know uh, where they are? They don't want to get screamed at by some asshole parent. Sorry. I, that's it. Okay, are you ready to hear the theory now that you both, right. both you old men have been screaming at the clouds? The theory is all of the officials are working at Washington shootouts, Vincennes shootouts, Donut Hill. They're going to places where they can rattle off multiple games in a day and deal with a little crazy and not – go to North Davies for $80 to do the JV game at night and really get lit into. I don't know. There's the theory, the theory John, is John's there is not him. an officiating crisis. John Mullen, there's your response to that. This is not me, by the way. This is not me. There's not a basketball officiating crisis. There's not. There's a baseball and football officiating crisis. Okay. There, there are not very many people anymore or spouses, girlfriends, um, significant others who are going to allow their person to spend 10 Friday, 11 Friday, 12 Friday nights in a row 
for eighty or ninety dollars. Most of them work Friday and Saturday. Yes. No, I mean that dynamic has changed. Baseball and softball at all the schools in the area until this spring have paid the same. Yeah. No way are we going to continue to pay baseball and softball the same. Baseball takes much longer, is much more difficult than softball. And everyone who has that license would much rather do softball because it's less time consuming and typically pitchers duels that that aren't hard to call compared to a baseball game where it's a walkathon and you're yeah, out there for three and a half hours. Do they want to be hours. that close to fans? Do you want to be just on the other side of chain link between? You're in the elements for. No, I mean, I get it. I it's, get it. It's baseball can be so glorious and so terrible, and, and just from a spring sports weather perspective, I, I can't find. I can't find JV. All of a sudden, North Davies has a bunch of baseball guys. At Bar Eve's the same deal. The numbers in the area are up right now, so all these. All these teams want to play separate JV games. No, play I have no JV game. officials, yeah. no JV umpires for this spring. I've got the junior high covered because it's a quick hundred for two fives, 90-minute time limits. I, I, those guys that aren't even licensed, they'll take the junior high. I get the paces of the world that will take four or five varsity games. They, they love it, guys like that. Nobody wants to mess around with JV baseball. I'll tell you what else, too, just because I don't really – because I don't care anymore, and I'm not riding any more elevators. I told you last you, time. That, that's, you, that's the line you're drawing in the sand. Um, I don't think you got a lot of baseball fans out there. I don't think you have a lot of people who are passionate baseball people. I don't think you have young people who would sit through more than two innings of a game. You're a diehard Cardinal fan. I love baseball. I, I know that. I mean, you've got the green Cardinal jersey. We've all seen that on national TV many times. Well, you're, you're, I mean, you're it's a different Cubs speed, fan. but yeah, I love, I love the Cubs, and I, I, I think a lot of that we, we've turned our baseball broadcast in, in, in the spring, as you know, into more of a, it's more of a commentary, because. Well, but, but it's not just, but I don't think, uh, my son Max is a baseball fan. Um, I mean, he's a baseball fan. He does not consider himself to be a passionate baseball fan, but he'll watch a game, start to finish, for the most part. You know, I don't think you get that from kids anymore. Yeah, and I think I, we get, and I know you love and, the war, and and all of those stats and everything else. No, I but, was but, pointing to Mike at that. Moment well, that too. was like no, and I do believe that you, you make things scientific. It, it it drives people away. You, you bask a good basketball game, North Davies this year. They're going to be done in an hour five, hour sure. ten minutes for a varsity sure. game. And you get a you get a bad baseball game when it's forty one degrees outside and it's three hours long and it's grizzly and, and it's and miserable. And, I, and yeah. you're and you're getting behind the plate. You are having to crouch <laughs> and you are getting struck by a ball. Yeah. What, who's signing up for that? I don't care what they pay. I don't know. I think there's yes. I think we need more basketball officials. We need young kids coming out of college in shape who want to make a little extra money. But there's another thing. And do we have to get into the whole societal issue? I'd prefer not, but here's the deal. A lot of kids, this is going to sound like man shouting at clouds. Okay. Dead right. I'm in. They'd rather be on their phones and they'd rather be playing uh, Call of Duty. You know what I mean? They just have a – they don't necessarily are saying, well, I can't wait to go watch a baseball game. Or I can't wait to go ref a baseball game or ref – Listen, it's too easy to not do it now. What about kids who can get on their phone and gamble and make $50 on IU or or the next ball I game, mean, the next football game? Hey, I got 100 on this parlay. I don't even know. I don't gamble, but kids are doing it. You know, two of us have not even looked at our phones since we've been on the air. Well, that's not me. I know that. But because I'm but, getting but, I mean, my it's, next it's, topic but, ready but it's here. Not, but it's not a matter of um, – it's one thing or it's another thing. It's not the uh, the butterfly effect. I think there's plenty of basketball officials in the state of Indiana because the state of Indiana is known for basketball. I think baseball and football are in okay. uh, dire straits. I've okay. got no argument. I, 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 mean, I just I, I thought it, I th it it was a worthwhile worthwhile debate. So <laughs> officiating, John Mullen. More baseball officials, how? I, I don't, mean, what's the answer? You know, the other thing is just buying the gear to do a baseball game to protect your body. 
so that you don't go to the hospital when you get struck by that baseball or that line drive. Just buying the gear is three or four hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's before you've ever umpired a single game, and then you buy everything. You find out oh, this ain't for me. You know, all of a sudden you're stuck with us. And again, all right, I'll flip fo- it. Football's going to have to play on Saturdays. I'll flip it to somewhere else. Um, but it's it's similar. When was the last time you walked in a bar and saw a band and and, there, and anybody in that band was under fifty years old? You're right. You know what I mean? It's like I said, my generation, you know, playing live music was something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what happened. It's what you did. It's what, and it's the same way with baseball. Playing baseball was something you did. I just don't think kids want to, because if you would ask me what a kid does with baseball, they go to Grand Park for 100 games. And, and, And maybe that's where all the baseball umpires are. They're at Grand Park. You know, yeah. you know, Bob Belt came in today. He's driving a, a bus subbing today, and he told me he did 11 volleyball games on sa- Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, sure he did, yeah. 11. At, so you know, 40 just, bucks a pop, we probably. We better just change our perspective. Yeah, maybe on, we do. But Bob is a retired superintendent. He's in his mid-60s. Yeah. A former roommate of? What? Ha- um, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, what happens when Bob Bell is not doing volleyball? Well, it's – like I said, it's the same thing. Maybe it becomes Mike DeCourcy. I've, I've thought about these you know things, what? but would you really want to? I don't know. Would you really? You know, I, I've 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 sat through. Who would yell at you? I've, I've probably watched twenty of my daughter's club games this year to this point, and I'm not sure I can recall one instance in any of those twenty games where there was even a question about a call in volleyball. Yeah, yeah. in volleyball. Yeah. So and, and um, you know, it's maybe. Maybe I'm just not that aware. So Nick, Nick, Nick Wanniger, our buddy Nick Wanniger, you yeah. know, uh, he says, if I could just do the bases, I'd probably come back to baseball and softball. Yeah. He didn't want to get behind the plate. Right. And we're, our backs yep. hurt. Well, between, the, uh, between your AI writing uh, and your <laughs> electronic strike zone, uh, we may not need umpires anywhere, I mean, uh, behind the plate anymore because that may all be taking care of us, um, you know, with, uh, with the friendly world of computing. If we don't hurry up and get turf up at North Davies, then the weather's going to wipe us out every day this spring, and yeah. then it's impossible to find umpires. So changing gears a little bit, I was reading this uh, article over the weekend. That's what I texted you guys yesterday, and it was um, you know, something that basically every American kind of in our generation – and I know we're all. Oh, we're three different generations. Well, I know, I but 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 we're all in it. We're tucked in a you know fifteen year window. John, are you considered uh, Gen- generate the end of Generation X? John, I, me and John are Gen X. You both Gen X. Yep. Yeah, I thought you'd be. What year were you born? Seventy eight. And is that the very end? Eighty is the end of Gen X. Okay. Okay. And then I come in on the very end of Boomers. Maybe me on very end of Boom. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Go ahead, though. Well, okay. But, but it just mentioned that, that, you know, is this idea dying? But it's the, you know, people in our generation, in our age demographic, we all have a movie or two on a Sunday afternoon when you got nothing going on. Maybe it's raining outside, and you're just channel flipping. And then for me, boom. The Shawshank Redemption comes on. But that's universal. Okay. That's automatic. But it's automatic. And basically what I am asking you guys, because I'll give you another one of mine, and I've discussed it before, what movie do you click on on the weekend and it's there and it's like you are obligated to watch it? I'm Mike, you can't handle the truth. Wow. I think a lot of people. You can't handle the truth. No, it's, uh, it's, I think that that is right there with That's the standard. A few good men. I think it's, no. It's, it's right there with Shawshank. I mean, Shawshank will do it. Truth is, and this will show you, I'm a, I get a little, a little nerdy, um, but um, I, I can't not watch the six Hobbit movies as they come on. You just went nerdy on us. Yeah, no, I did, but yeah, I mean, but when, if that, you know, it doesn't matter which, the, you know, whether it's the second trilogy or the first trilogy, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, in, in the first the first one or the third one, I'm just going to watch it. Today. The Breakfast Club. Okay, so th- so that's what I was going to say. So we're all going to say Shawshank's Universal. Yep. Okay, so so Breakfast Club, John. Yep. This has I solidified like your your status on on Amber DeCourcy's rankings. But you know what, Breakfast Club, I think has got a uh, a boomer. It's got a boomer tone. No, not tone. It's got a uh, a, a, a that for a boomer. 
name. Oh, I just lost myself. Yep. Um, and that is um, oh, uh, the friends. They're at Kevin Costner's funeral. Uh, Big Chill. I think Big Chill, maybe to my generation, is maybe what, what that is to yours. Okay. Breakfast Club, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, we already agreed on Shawshank Redemption. What about, what's yours? Besides, I mean, and you're more of a, a, a TV yes, guy. Yes, but, but Back to the Future, I watched a Siskel and Ebert clip on YouTube last night from 1985 of them reviewing Back to the Future. It's a good movie. And it was, but the the cultural references, the. Does he say Diet Pepsi or Pepsi Free? Pepsi Free. Pepsi Free. It's not free, man. You're going to pay for it. Um, the uh, My wife last Friday went to the Jacobs School of Music and they showed Back to the Future with the original with the cast no not, or not the, the cast with the uh, score the, uh, the, the oh. IU musicians playing the music okay well I, I say this because as they're coming up on the 40th anniversary there was there was a, a, a film night where you know people everybody in the original cast even Michael J. Fox was there so there you go but I mean I mean like I said I mean I can't get past the Goodfellas the Goodfellas trilogy which is Goodfellas Casino um all right, I got another one for you. Part two of this question. Are you ready for okay. this? And and this is where I'm going to break hearts. So I'm going to go to you, Todd, it's not because old I, yellow, right? I, no, I, I know I, I know you're going to be able to rattle something off, John. You may need to think about it for 30 seconds, but I thought about this part today. What's what's one you know Sunday afternoon movie that you've just moved past for whatever reason, and now what you used to stick, you know, when you would flip. Now, now, now. Original Star Wars. Just, just turn right on. Episode four. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I watch it now and I listen to the, uh, all of the references are, are, are 20th century, you know, I mean, all of the words are 20th century words. And, and I just, you know, uh, yeah, I've moved past, I've moved past that. And I sat through it three times the first day that I saw it. Johnny, you moved past one? Um, probably. I guess because I've, I've uh, raised a bunch of teenagers and daughters especially, um, I'm not going to probably, even though I really enjoyed it as I was uh, a bachelor and growing up, but I'm not watching Fast Times at Ridgemont High if it happens to come on. Okay, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I just, there's something about <laughs> being a dad and having a bunch of daughters. And, and, and that you know, I mean, I love Cameron Crowe. In fact, we've mentioned other Cameron Crowe movies. Well, yes, we've discussed Cameron Crowe on this podcast. On the, tonight. Uh, I mean, A Few Good Men is Cameron. Is, no, no, I'm sorry. That's Aaron Sorkin and Rob, Rob Reiner. But, um, you know, that I really like that, but that's because that is absolutely the end of my high school, you know, right there. That's junior and senior year. So... I'm not saying I, I don't, I don't, I don't get, like it, but I no, don't. I, I don't. I, I don't I, like it as a 47. I haven't dad got. With I haven't got past that one yet because it's still. And I love Almost Famous too. Uh, another Cameron Crowe. I mean, I love that movie. I am past. And this is not getting too deep. I'm past Hoosiers. I'm done watching it. Yeah, I, I think that seen it enough. Just quoted it enough. Quoted. I'm done. You know, I'm done with and it. And I think it's because we all And Hinkle Fieldhouse is over-freaking-rated while we're at it. Uh, last time I was there was watching Nick Dungeon play. When would that have been? 2007. And the uh, was, that a, was that the Super Hoops, a Super Hoops game? Uh, yeah. It was a semi-state preview, and nobody knew it yet. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, okay. I, I get that. I think that that's so much part of our statewide cultural identity. Um it's hard to get past it, you know. But yeah, we've we've made we've done all the quotes. I mean, you you, you throw a scene out, and I'm sure that the three of us can, you know, can kick it around. Yeah. Well, one of the better. I was go just ahead, John. Say, one of the better one of the better days or one of the better times I've had as a North Davies Cougar was taking Jalen and that eighth grade group to play um, at Nice Town. Yeah, yeah, at the gym and. We played a couple of eighth grade games up there. And I loved the we Bar were, Eve game there a few years ago, and I would love to go back next yeah, year. It's we not were, that. No, I know. But I, that that was 
That brought the movie to life. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. it's one of those things. Like I said with Star Wars, with the first Star Wars episode four, um, you know, I was a 12 year old, 13 year old kid sitting in that theater when I saw Hoosiers, known as best shot where I saw it, which was Singapore. <laughs> oh. In Singapore, uh, um, you know, you know, I about broke down in tears when you saw the names and the who was the Jasper coach in the movie. Yes, your uh, father-in-law. No, but it was C. W. Mundy, and I had dated a girl named Mundy, oh. who I later married. Um, but I mean, before that, I hadn't talked to her for two years because I was in the Navy at that point. But, I mean, you know, I mean, you just saw those things, and you just go, oh, my God, you know. I wish Beverly Hills Cop would come on Sunday afternoon. I wouldn't mind <laughs> That'd be good. seeing that one again. Yeah. A little lemon twist. All right, so I want you to look this up, guys. This is uh, for Brino, who is out on assignment for tonight. But referenced a lot last spring and into the summer is – we got into music countdowns. Casey Kasem, yep. year-end voting. And the year is 1972. 1972. 1972. And just to start the pool, and we'll make this easy, all right? This is easy. Your top two songs of 1972. And not in any order, but just – and it doesn't – I'll oh, give you my top two albums from – that is Exile on Main Street, The Rolling Stones. Okay. Which, and then uh, Jackson Brown's first album came out then, too. I can't tell you what was 71, 72, you know, 70, 71, 72. Um, you know, I think Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young's first album, Deja Vu, was like 71, maybe. But, you know, all of that stuff just kind of flows together. And mm -hmm. to me, that's all radio. That's all radio music. Uh, all of those, but... Like I said, Jackson Brown's first album in Exile on Main Street uh, by the Stones. My two favorite albums from 72. John, can you reference anything from 1972? Mike, here's the deal. The, the, <laughs> the namesake on the podcast is not here. I'm changing the rules. Uh, you change them. I am, I am fast-forwarding 10 years because I wasn't alive in 1972, so I don't know much about music in 1972. Yeah, that's getting to the very back end of something I'd be interested in. Is it fair to move forward 10 years to I, 1982? You, as Ric Flair says, I make the rules and you'll break them. Yeah, I'm a rule breaker. But, I, you know, the reason I – it's nice number-wise to move up 10 years, but I grew up in the Knights of Columbus – in Washington, Indiana. Not the current building, yeah, but the one with a basement. Where was the old that building? That burned down in the same place. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, it had a couple of stories, and there was a basement. And my dad, after work, went to the Rathskeller, played cards. And my brother and I grew up in the basement of the KSC where the jukebox was available to us. And we played a lot of 1982 music, and John... Mellencamp, John Cougar, Mellencamp, Jack and Diane and Hurt So Good were both huge on that jukebox. They were on the American Fool album. They were huge on that jukebox in 1982. There were plenty of other ones, but those two stand out in my memory as, you know, just, just I, dynamite songs. You and know, I, my favorite song in 1982 was Heat of the Moment by Asia. Good enough. Okay. Anything else in 72? I the Tiger was 82. 72. It was Rocket Man 72? Rocket Man was 72. That's, I mean, that's a... That's a top five, period. Top five, period, yeah, right? Yeah. Mike, you spent a lot of time in 72 music? No, not not much, but as I got to looking at it, I mean, just some just – some What else is that? What else is considered? Th this would be my number one. I can still remember how that – Now, see, I would have thought that was 71. To make me smile. 72. So Don and I'm going to give you my number three here in just a second. I knew if I had my chance. That I could make you know, we just went beyond that anniversary, too, about, maybe about two and a half weeks ago. Happy yep. For a while. My wife mentioned that. If I followed the script, this would have been my number one. This would have been your number one. Had I followed the script. And I think a lot of people have a lot of different good. This, this album also had Vincent on it, which is, which is, uh, which I think is a really interesting song. I think about a lot of things when, I, when this song comes on. It's a, no, I mean, it's a history lesson. Well, it goes it's deeper than history, that. It's, it's, it's riding in the car with my parents when I was little. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it and, and it was a history lesson, and it was my parents explaining parts of the song to me. Oh, your parents talked to you when you oh, were yeah. growing up in the car. Yeah. Are you saying Brenda Sue and Patrick? Well, they were smoking and, and busy, you know, <laughs> flicking the ashes. And you know, I uh, I was going to a out. I was going to a Barrie semi-state volleyball game in Columbus. Not Columbus. Where was the? Where was that one thing that was a million miles away? We had to go to. It was when your basement flooded. As oh, that was South Decatur flooded. or North Decatur? <laughs> North Decatur, yeah, South Decatur. Um, and I took my daughter and a friend of hers, who was a middle school volleyball player back then. And I made them listen to the Grateful Dead the entire way, the entire way to Decatur and back. But so she didn't have a lot to say on that day. But no, I mean that was a great. In fact, I can remember being in an art class in high school, and we, I, we, you know, we saw a slideshow of all Vincent Van Gogh's stuff, narrated by Vincent, here, here, by John, Don McLean's Vincent. Yeah, here, number three for me. I mean, that, j- just because the first time these things were introduced to me where somebody really sat down and explained line by line what American Pie was about. But they said, here's one that in their interpretation, and this was when I was a junior in high school, is equally as good when it comes to explaining a backstory. Same year, same type of, of um, idea on how the song is going to be written. Can't, can't please everybody. Can't please everyone, so Got to please yourself. People came from miles around. I love that song. I was playing on guitar just the other day. But and you you go and you and you read what Ricky Nelson was going through at the time, and you know basically identity crisis. Identity crisis. He'd been pigeonholed as a child star. He'd finally. Broke loose and broke free, and 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 all they wanted, and it was actually, the garden is Madison Square Garden. It was a '50s revival show that they—that's where you know the garden party came from. Uh, just when they when he talks about Johnny B. Good, you know, coming out of the mm-hmm. closet and uh, looking like he should, because Chuck Berry didn't change. Chuck Berry, you know what I mean? Chuck, you were getting the same show from Chuck Berry John. in '72 that you were in '55. I showed up for a podcast and got a history lesson from two masters. John John Patrick, we're gonna we're gonna curveball it here. I, did you ever listen to any Ricky Nelson in the car with with your parents? Yeah, I guess. Well, I know you listened to some Nelson. I, I can't live without your love either, Mike. <laughs> she comes. Uh, out of my way. This was. Now I know it's Ricky Nelson's son. Yes. Yeah. Nelson. I think one of them was... Not to be confused by Hanson. Yes. I think one of the Nelson twins was left-handed and one was right-handed, if I remember correctly. I've never felt so smugly superior in my life as I do with this very You probably should. You definitely should. You're usually full of crap when you say that, but I believe you now. John, are you on the outside looking in? Always. So is this a big radio hit? Oh, it was, and what... I don't even know the year. 90, maybe? Yeah, 90, 91. Yeah, I was. I mean, they had the guitar. Like, literally, the, you you hear, oh, your father would be rolling over in your, you know, in his grave. Ricky that's Nelson. That's where Ricky Nelson started. He was a, he was a pop star. He was a television pop star. With, with but I, I, I think he would feel like a failure as a father, saying, I taught you this great life lesson. I'll be the good guy here. Okay. They did what MTV needed them to do, right? I, I would say that's probably – they sold out to the man. You know, I – Todd uh, Lancaster didn't sell out to. I, I think Octo- uh, MTV started in, like, fall-ish, 81. Am I wrong? Oh, that's about right. Yeah. And then I can remember driving down to Atlanta on spring break in 82, and we were staying with some friends of my, my mother's, and they had MTV – and I never left. I never <laughs> left the room. I just watched it straight on through. Everyone, listen. MTV was was something when it because we had Don Kirshner's Rock. Uh, we had the Midnight Special, or um, you know, there were promo videos that you could get on Friday or Saturday night at two a.m. But uh, I'll tell you what, it was it it changed the world until it didn't. Are we truly dinosaurs? We might be. 
Johnny, closing thoughts? Just excited about uh, area basketball once again. And there's no way to predict who's going to win. But, you know, you, you held a, a proverbial weapon up to my head. I took the Cougars. What about in 1A? You don't want to go there? need another weekend to think about it Orleans Brownstown um yeah I mean I, and again these Friday night games are a little bit scary you just never know I mean we talked about Logan Webb last night rolling his ankle for Linton I mean he's gonna be all right but could have anybody yeah you know anything could happen and, and those Friday night Friday night games are uh, are good and they could be bad just depending on your luck but I do know going through last year and the tournament run, you have to be good and you have to be lucky. Yep. And we had both last year. And I just wanted to say Pink Moon by Nick Drake in 72 also, one of my favorite songs, just for the sake of it, saying it. Closing thoughts, Todd Father? I got no thoughts about anything. Uh, you have yeah. thoughts about everything. I think my thought is I really hope Purdue uh, just kicks the crap out of the Hoosiers on Saturday. They need that. Is that this week? That's this Saturday. You know, my daughter will be there. Um, I will not be. But I was there Sunday. Had a really good time at the Ohio State game. Uh, they're doing a lot of good things up there on that campus. Um, they do a lot of good things at IU, too, though. But I just I just need the W. I need, I need the W. You're going to get the W. Okay. So. When is that again? Speaking Saturday. of Lafayette. Is that a Saturday game? Yeah. I have visited the the Shannon graveside Hoon. of Shannon Hoon. Yes. Shannon Hoon, of actually Mellon. a Facebook friend with his mother, got into. So how a, does that happen? Like the two or three mutual friend thing, and then I mean, are you like a? He's not a, a little a celebrity bunny. He's not a sort of. I, I, I guess. mean, because you were the first one to have um, uh, the kid from Hoosiers, uh, Maris. Atlantis, yeah, you're yeah. the first one to be his Facebook. Yeah, friend. well, that was a competition back in the day. Yeah. By the way, he was a Purdue golfer. Yes, he was. Yeah, I throw out a documentary uh, recommendation. All I can say about the life and times of Shannon Hoon is incredible, incredible. Good athlete too, by the way. Football, wrestler, wrestler, karate, or martial arts. Uh, he. Uh, Basically recorded from the time he was a teenager until the day he died. The video cams. Every day of his life. And yeah, it was wild. I mean, it's one of the, the tragedies of addiction. But, you know, he leaves a legacy that's about three songs long. You know, that's what. It, it, it's, it's, it's Lynn Bias of music sure. from, from my era. It's what was it going to be because everybody knew it was going to be great. You know, and I've seen. Uh, I've seen it happen too often. I mean, Raquel Welsh last week. <laughs> <laughs> 73 yeah. or 74? 81. 81. Oh, she, yeah. Eight, no. I saw a picture of her when she from was 74. And she was, no, not from 74. Yeah. When she was 74. Yeah. And she was a 10. And she was a 10. I'm not real sure how, uh, but I still haven't quite got over that one yet. What about you, Mike? Anything? I tell you what, sectional sixty-three, no, yeah, thirty-one. Would I, would I, if as a Viking, if I would rather be in anybody, you know, another team's position at this point? Yes, of course. But everybody says there's a reason why you play the games, and we've all seen crazier things happen. Everybody, every one of us. Sure. It's sure. not. That's how North Davies won their first. <laughs> don't. No. No. Hear me out here. Oh. The first real sectional yeah. in 2006 was they came from that other side, and and all oh, they couldn't do it two nights in a row, and they did. Okay. So there you have it, folks. You got a lot more than you didn't pay for. <laughs> for Todd Lancaster, the Todd Father, read his wise words in the Washington Times Herald. For John Patrick Mullen, and the Cougars. We're going to win sectional 31. I've already put that ticket in on my, you know, fantasy DraftKings. 
know. They've, they've got the best. Yeah, they've got everything is in their direction. Stay healthy. But they got a. But like I said, they got to be a good Pike Central team to start it all off. Very good Pike. One of the better Pike teams. Yeah, but sure, but so. no, I I I think the Cougs are tre trending in the right direction at the right time, and you've got to feel good about that. So, all right, Todd Lancaster, John Patrick Mullen, I'm Mike DeCourcy. This is the B3 Podcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. Rhino, stay safe. Rhino's mom. Rhino bet the under. Tommy Lynn sells. Completely. Shane starts this song. 100% guilty. You gotta sing with us, right?